All right, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Hand Me Up Club. My name is Lindsay. You should know me by now. Uh, I am so excited today. I have another amazing local to Queens artiste here who's doing really cool sustainable things and this is Rebecca from R plus D. So obviously R plus D, it's named after Rebecca and Doug. Doug is not with us today, but he is with us in life. Um, <laughs> R being Rebecca, she's the shop manager, designer, printer. She has worked as a graphic designer and sold printed tea towels previously on Etsy. The first brand that they made with R plus D is called Kitsch Please. It launched in 2017 when D was gifted an inexpensive 3D printer. And then R started to learn more about how to design for it and began creating jewelry. It moved really quickly from there. And she's the designer and creator of all the items and has over 200 unique designs, truly unique. Uh, and they're coming out with new designs all the time. So Kitsch Please, it's bold, colorful 3D printed jewelry at an accessible price point. The designs range from minimalist dangles and local landmarks to cutouts of Beyonce from her single ladies video and flamingos that turn pink in direct sunlight. And now they also have a second brand called uh, Hoogla Ever After, which launched this year in 2019. And that's laser cut ornaments and wall hangings featuring local landmarks. It's designed in NYC because we are local ladies and this is a <laughs> local brand and it's made out of bamboo and Hoogla Ever After is painted or left plain and they offer a cozy addition to any home and remind you of places that hold a near and dear spot in your heart. So I am super excited to have with me Rebecca. Hi. Hi. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much for coming. I'm so glad to be here. I just remember from months ago talking with you in Boutique Glue and we were talking so much about 3D printing. I was like, wow, this would be a really good podcast episode. <laughs> We just talked for so long as you were making the Hand Me Up Club Right, bracelet. as it was actually printing. Yeah, and so I was like, wow, why Why am I not recording this? This is so fascinating. Uh, I just find 3D printing so fascinating. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that people can 3D print now that you don't even think about. Oh, right. Like, right. obviously, you're making things that I think are in the realm of normal person's mind of, like, you can 3D print right. jewelry. But I was reading the week, they can now 3D print meat. Yeah which is crazy. And then I was looking up other things that are weird to 3D print and you can 3D print a house. Literally yes. a company in New York yeah. started 3D printing houses. And they use the same material that I use. Wait, really? Yeah. Okay, so what what is the... <laughs> already tossing that away. What, what are you using that in jewelry that is also being used in like making houses so or what's what's going on yeah there? so the material is called pla or polylactic acid so it's a plant-based material it's made from corn husk cassava roots um one of my preferred vendors uses algae when it's like in excess and would be harming the environment otherwise they'll actually harvest that to use it in this um material it's uh it's a polymer but it is a plastic but it's completely biodegradable Okay. So it makes it for a better resource for people as they're looking for something um, that's not petroleum-based. So most of our plastics are actually petroleum-based. and we Our plastics in life, not yeah, exactly. our plastics in our plasty. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Plastics in life tend to be petroleum-based, and so that's why they're so damaging to the environment because it's not a renewable resource, and actually getting that petroleum is not easy, plus it doesn't break down again. So this process, um, it allows for um, something that's compostable 
And uh, you can use it in all sorts of things. So similar to like using it for building a house that can then like biodegrade as time goes on and then just be, you know, back to like a lot where there's nothing there. Um, but do it we can want also, our houses to degrade? Well, I don't know about it that. It takes a long, long okay. time. So it won't be like an immediate like, oh, it's Tuesday morning. Uh-oh, there goes the, you know, wall over here. Like it's it's a it's a slower process okay. in that kind of form. Um, but it's also uh, bioreactive. So um, PLA is what can be used in like medical implants as well. So, oh, like the, the bioprinting? Yeah. The skin? Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. So okay. you can use it for like um, if somebody needs like an implant like in their ankle or knee or something like there's different uses of it in that way, too, because it's good for that. Yeah. Whoa. OK. So there's lots and lots of things that PLA in, in particular can do. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah, that is kind of crazy <laughs> that also it's crazy that I'm wearing jewelry that also is used in the same way to build a house or to right. like, fix it piece of skin like that's right. crazy in many ways I feel like what I do with jewelry making it just like touches the surface of what is possible with 3d printing because there are so many things um that you can actually do with it wow okay so talk me through then how 3d printing works I've seen your machine go but <laughs> I'm still not totally sure what is even happening yeah. at this point because it looks to me like it's almost a pen that's like drawing something, yeah. but then it's happening in real life. Yeah. And how does that work? How does, and especially when you're doing something like a custom design, how is that translated from the computer to something that's literally being printed? Yeah. Like totally. that, that step from like, this is a thing I made in Photoshop to like, this right. is a thing that you're holding. Exactly. That jump is the part where I get so <laughs> lost. And that's fair. That's where a lot of people get lost too. So what I do, um, given that I have a background in graphic design, mm -hmm. I start in Adobe Illustrator just because I can work fast and I know what I'm doing. Um, so I create a vector file there and then I take that vector file and I move it into a CAD program. So CAD is computer aided design. It's, there's tons of different CAD programs out there, but it's basically what helps you build that 3D model. And so when you're working in a CAD program, you can actually manipulate it, turn it all around, just like you might um, in real life. And even like some people do CAD work using like uh, virtual reality goggles and stuff like that. And so okay. you can really like manipulate it and kind of immerse yourself in that. Um, so then from there, once I have it fully rendered in 3D, I download it as a STL file. So it's a stereolithography file. It basically just means that it has all of the components needed for the next step, which is a slicer. So the slicer is what will actually talk to the printer okay. using something called G-code. <laughs> so when it talks to the printer, it's, it, it's literally doing it layer by layer. So when Yeah, how I does print... it know how many layers to do? That's where I'm like, <laughs> well, what? And those are things that I can tell it to do. So okay. for me and my jewelry, I do layers that are um, very, very thin, like the thickness of about a sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. So, and it'll just uh, do that all the way up to get to however thick the actual object is. Most of my pieces don't have to be terribly thick. They can be just a couple of millimeters. So that makes it a little easier. Um, but yeah, it goes layer by layer. The first layer is always the most important 
because that's what will make sure that it, it's like the foundation of a house. Mm-hmm. Everything past that, it, it gets easier and easier from there. So my first layers are always um, printed the slowest so that it can adhere to the bed and make sure that it's just perfect going up from there. And then it'll speed up a little bit. But even still, I do tend to do all of my prints very slow, very um, thin, very delicate, much different than some other 3D printed processes. So like a characteristic sign of 3D printed objects is if you look at the side, there will be lines. Mm -hmm. So I don't always have as distinguishable lines as other prints because I am like really reining in those details of the layer height and the actual speed and things. Wow. All right. So I'm also curious now with your other, with the Hugelev or after, Mm -hmm. that one's laser cut, right? Yes. So is that super different? Is that process different or is it more similar than it is different? Um, there's, there's definitely a lot of similarities in how my work as a designer happens with it. Mm -hmm. So I still work in Illustrator. I still do the vector file, all of that kind of thing. But for um, 3D printing, it's actually additive manufacturing, which is just what it sounds like. You add things to create your object. With laser cutting, it's subtractive manufacturing. So you're removing, you're using a layer to actually cut away from, in this case, a piece of bamboo. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different things that can um, actually do uh, additive and subtractive manufacturing, like CNC routers, 3D printers, any number of things like that. Um, but so I actually use a service that will do all the laser cutting for me right now. Um, someday I may have I mean, a laser cutter. You're a busy someday. woman. Like, outsource but, it. Exactly. But this is one, at least for now, like, I want to have it, have it outsourced a little bit. So, yeah. Okay. So it's very similar process, but a couple it. of minor details that are different. Cool. That's yeah. totally fine. I was just curious. I was like, oh similar or different that actually is um so we kind of already touched on this a little bit with your plant-based polymers but Mm -hmm. i would love to know more about just kind of what makes this what makes r plus d and kitsch please like what makes this a sustainable brand and how important was that to you when you were starting as an artist with all of your products yeah So when I started, um, I feel like I really fell into 3D printing. Like I was not somebody who was like seeking out to even start a business when I got started. I had left a kind of toxic job as many of us do in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was looking to just kind of keep building my graphic design skills and things like that. And it was somewhere in there that um, Doug, my husband, was gifted the printer and he was... For years, he had tried to convince me we should have a 3D printer at home. And I was always like, uh, why? I don't, I don't know what we would do with it. What's, what's the purpose of having this other thing in our home? Like, uh, and so then at that point, since I was already starting to work a little bit in 3D rendering and things like that, uh, I was like, all right, bring it home. Let's, let's just see what happens. Whatever. If he were here, he would very quickly point out (laughs) how many items he has printed versus how many items I have printed. Um, he's printed like a grand total of like three things or so under 10, certainly. <laughs> and I've printed like thousands, thousands. So, um, yes, he will it's be very not a competition. Quick. No, it's not. It's not. He is. And he is the most supportive person in the world. But, uh, it's, it's funny how it started as a like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll both have like this 
you know, a 3D printer and we can do all sorts of things with it. And then it very quickly turned into, oh, no, this is now your business. Okay, no, great. I'm going to do all sorts of things <laughs> right. with it. So it was kind of as I was playing around with it and figuring out what 3D printing was really about and how to get into it that I learned about PLA. And it's often one of the first materials people use because it can be pretty easy in the grand scheme of things to work with. It tends to print at slightly lower temperatures for people than other things. Um, and then it's just a, it's not um, as difficult in terms of getting all the little details together of like how the slicer reacts to it and how the mm -hmm. printer reacts to it. So it, it's an easy like entry level thing. How um, hard is it to find that? Like it's entry level in regards to malleability and heat, but yeah. could I find that on Amazon or would I have yeah. to go to a craft store or? Yeah. Oh, okay. All of the above. All oh. of the above. You can, um, you can find it, uh, on Amazon. You can find it on any number of like online retailers. Um, I found like a couple of places like, uh, like there's a place in Boston that I was looking at maybe trying out their, uh, their spools of filament. Um, I think it's uh, Nordstrom actually sells it as well okay. because my best friend from college once like sent me a link and was like, isn't this what you use? Like I'm looking for shoes like and your like stuff is here. And I was like, yes, that is that is PLA right there mm -hmm. at Nordstrom. Um, right. But then because there's so much popularity with like 3D pens, mm -hmm. you can find it at like a lot of major craft stores like Michaels and stuff like that too. Oh. Usually right. that comes in like smaller sticks. Mm -hmm. And not like the larger spools that I tend to get. Yeah, you have huge spools. Yes, I've seen. <laughs> yes, they are. They have kind of taken up a whole new. Like I had to clear shelf space and have storage for them because they're a little bulky. Yeah, <laughs> but okay, cool. That was yeah. great. So people tend to start with that, right? And so as I was starting with that, um, that's when I really started to learn about its properties and that you could compost it and that it was renewable and it was a quick decision after that. I was like, well, I don't need to go to anything else. Like I want to stick to something that is going to be more um, marketable as well as more responsible for my end. So it was really one of those that I was like, well, I, I do not want to even look any further. Like this yeah. is, this is the perfect material for me. Like it does everything I want and it's, it's yeah. going to be more healthy and good for people around. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like usually the sustainable option is not the one that finds you first. So right? that was really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it was, it was a very, very quick and good option. Yeah. That, that's so cool. So you kind of also touched on this a little bit with that last response, but what mm -hmm. was like your path to starting R plus D? Like yeah. being a toxic job, but Where's the point when you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm just going to yeah. go for it. it. It was really, um, like, as I was trying to just develop those graphic design skills and things like that, um, I, we met some friends in the city for, like, it was like a pizza and wine happy hour. Um, Fun. Exactly. It was perfect. Uh, and we're sitting there, like, enjoying ourselves, and I was wearing a pair of earrings that I had printed actually right before going because I was like I don't know what earrings match this dress oh my gosh well I'll just make some um which is a really delightful and hazardous thing is that then I can have all of these things that are just customized even to myself um so 
right away one of my friends was like, well, wait a minute, when am I going to be able to like buy these? Like those are, those are pretty awesome. Like when is, when is this going to happen? And it was like, just as I was starting to get like the Instagram started and thinking about how I might set it up. And so I was like, okay, yeah, it'll happen. No worries. It'll happen. And so it was pretty quickly after that, that I set up um, my Etsy shop, like really like flipped it around from being tea towels, as you said Mm -hmm. before, to um, all 3D printed things. And then I started doing markets like within a month of starting. And so it was a, it was a very fast Mm -hmm. ascent into it. Um, But yeah, it was, it was very, in that way, very natural in that like, as I started doing markets, people wanted more, they wanted to see more. And so I started adding colors. I started adding printers. I have four printers now, which oh, is... that's a lot. It's, okay. It's a lot. It is. It is. Um, but having that many printers, they are not all always functioning all at once. Got there it. was one that was taken apart this morning and is still, you know, in pieces waiting for repairs because it needs parts to be received and things like that. So it's a, it's a constant ebb and flow, but... Yeah. Got it. So you made your own earrings kind of on the spot for this event. And I feel like you make so many really topical, cultural references with your jewelry too. I know you have a lot of Harry Potter ones. You've got Mm -hmm. the dancing Beyonce. Yeah. Uh, You do a lot of different holiday things too. What, or what is the inspiration behind all these unique designs you do? And how do you narrow down the focus? Because I feel like you could, because it's 3D printing, you could literally do anything yeah so how do you stop yourself from going crazy and doing everything yeah and kind of rein it into something (laughs) um sometimes I feel the only thing that reins me in is that there's just not enough time in the day to do more because I don't like to run the printers like at night or things like that like they aren't long enough prints to be going overnight or anything like that and also they make noise like oh they do yeah like we live in we live in New York City so we don't really want you know neighbors to have to hear that what kind of noise do they make um well there's uh the the fans make different noises and then like the motors have noises one of the like bigger ones that i have it like when the bed moves it's kind of loud it's not screechy like it's not a bad noise but it's definitely a noise like yeah Got it. Um, I just had no idea. Yeah. I was looking at one of the upgrades that'll actually make it a lot quieter. So that'll happen over time. But like, yeah, it just makes ambient noise that not everyone is going to want to hear early in the morning or late at night. So. What a good neighbor you are. I try. <laughs> I try. Um, so yeah, there's there's that. And then I I always want designs to be a little different and not just always what you might find mass marketed. So like I'll get different requests over time for any number of things like uh, like butterflies have been one that I've been getting a re- request for lately. And so I want to do something with butterflies, but I also want them to not look like every other butterfly earring that's out there. You know, I want yeah. it to be very specifically, oh yeah, this is a different brand and this is a different product. Um, so coming up with some of those designs, sometimes that has to just like ruminate in my head for a really long time and figure out what's what it will be and what's what's going to happen with it um but then otherwise I try and find things that I would want to wear or I know somebody else that I know would want to wear something that's just not like and I do get the occasional 
completely crazy off the wall things that are like custom orders. But what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. okay. Like I get Here all sorts go. of weird things. Like um, so one of the things that I do is I'll do um custom prints from like drawings or handwriting. Mm-hmm. And so like. I've had um, people who send me pictures of, like, their tattoo, and they want it to be made into a necklace for their mom. That was a really sweet one. So that one, like, it turned out really cute, and it was as they, I think, as the son was getting married, so it was, like, a really sweet way to, like, have something with the mom all the time. There was another one that I didn't know what it was until I actually met the person when they picked it up, but it, what it turned out to be was... Somebody, like one of their friends, they had done like an aerial like silk class mm-hmm. and they just like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. They just like went limp in the um, like silk. Mm-hmm. And so the design and they like drew it out. The, the design was just this like big like hammock with like legs and arms sticking out. And it was in such a way that I was like, I don't know what this is supposed to to be like I can't even like venture a guess on it and like Doug and I we tried a couple of guesses and he was like maybe they're a dancer and maybe it's like a Martha Graham reference or something like really like amazing like that and it turns out it was a it was an inside joke joke from (laughs) doing like an aerial class and I was like that's awesome so there's a lot of like weird things like that Mm -hmm. and I'll do that with kids too the like Printing on the spot from drawings. And so they'll always come up with things that I go, I do not understand what this is, but it is an amazing drawing and it is an amazing character that you've created. Let's do it. Let's print it up. So yeah, there's always, always strange things. Got it. Yeah. I, that just makes me think of <laughs> like story pirates where they turn plays out of the things kids write. And I remember one time I saw a balloon artist and they're like, what do you want me to make? And the little girl was saying a flying squirrel. And they're just like, Really? Right. A boys yeah. role. Okay. And I just can totally picture kids coming to me and be like, make me this thing. And yeah. And just like, well. Okay. Yeah. 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 There's, there's always strange ones like that, but <laughs> it, it works and it's good. It tests you. It makes you expand. Exactly. Your mind. Making exactly. something new. Exactly. And especially when it's with kids, like I've always loved events where I'm able to talk to kids about it. And most of the kids know more than their parents even about 3D printing because their schools have 3D printers and things like that. But being able to talk to kids about it and be like, no, 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 this is really amazing to have this kind of like opportunity for STEM education and whatnot. It just makes it all the much better to be able to like push for that. I think that's so awesome. And I think it's also really awesome that you're a woman doing this thing. So, and you get to teach them about art and mm-hmm. science at the same time? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. So I want to go back to earlier when you were talking about being a part of all these artist markets. Mm-hmm. I know we, well, the first time I met you was buying something from the like New York Bazaar on the Upper West Side. But then you started having a little boutique down the street from where yeah. I live. And now you're doing like all kinds of crazy things. But I want to talk about what it's like to be in that community of people that are making things and sort of what that underground New York artist community is like. (laughs) And I know when you were doing Boutique Lou, you had a lot of really cool sustainable brands that came in and out of there. And how do you find these people? Do they come to you? Is it kind of like sustainability attracts more sustainability? Or what's that like being part of that community? It's First of all, it's just, it's incredible. 
um, someone recently asked me of my position because I, I work from home, like Doug, even though his name is attached, he has another full-time job and he does all that, you know? So, um, it, it's one of those things that like, she asked me, like, are you, are you lonely when you do this? Like, because I, I really am like at home with a cat and some printers, you know, like, but what's, what's amazing is the community that's found through all of it. And so, um, being in, I live in Sunnyside and there is a huge community there that's really brimming of different makers, different entrepreneurs, and different people who are trying to help foster and support that community. So there's um, there's a shop in Sunnyside called Bliss Handmade and Vintage. Mm. And, oh, you should totally go. Um, cool. And okay. Violet, who runs it, is the sweetest, um, most amazing person in the world. And she will, she will help you find, she has a similar mission of like wanting eco-friendly and sustainable practices in everything that happens. And she will really help you to find any number of pieces that are out there and available for you. Um, and then similarly, like whenever makers are at markets together, we just naturally like gravitate to each other and like talk about things. And like, Mm -hmm. um, I've always found that, um, and I'm not the first person to say these words, but whenever you're in a situation like that, it's always more about community than competition. Like, that's, that's just how I work it. Like, I don't want to be in competition with other people. It'll happen since we're really doing retail, but it's not, it's not worth it. Like, it's much better to say, no, 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 there's room for all sorts of, especially women-owned businesses and small businesses all around. Like, everyone's going to find their favorite and it's all going to be amazing. Um, so being in all of these groups, you, you find that naturally. So Another group that I'm involved with is the New York Handmade Collective, and they're uh, a pretty well-established group of, um, right now, Etsy sellers that um, all in the New York area, do they do a lot of markets and events throughout, um, throughout New York, and really you just have to be um, within like a driving distance of New York. So it kind of includes parts of New Jersey, uh, Long Island, not just the five boroughs. Um, and they, they have really incredible opportunities. I did, uh, celebrate Brooklyn with them over the summer. Oh, and as so like they, Prospect Park? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they have like a, a whole booth in the band shell for different like local merchants. And so we were all there taking shifts and stuff like that. And it was, it was a really fun summer. Um, Are and then, they a group where they're just doing different selling events or is it ever like... I think of Girl Scouts where you just meet and you like talk oh, yeah. about things. Oh, totally. Totally. Oh, okay. Yeah. They do, they do that kind of stuff as well. Um, and like there will be different events for like education, like helping people with like your bookkeeping or any number of things, um, on that whole realm, like the back mm-hmm. end of things. Um, and then they do, um, there's like a large, like online group that you can go in and ask questions or even search questions and find all sorts of resources that way. So yeah, there is a lot of that as well. Um, and then I'm also a member of Made in NYC, which is, um, a really fun group that, uh, they are, they're based out of Pratt and they've been doing a lot of things. They just did a pop-up for Made in NYC week, which celebrates manufacturing in the five boroughs. And so I got to be a part of that, which Mm -hmm. was fantastic. A little pop-up shop on Canal Street. 
Um, yeah. That's cool. Exactly. Um, and they too do a lot of different events. Um, like they do made here, meet here events. Um, and so you go and just meet other makers. They, they have a really wide range of people that are in the group. So it includes like different breweries that are around as well as like people who are manufacturing like clothing or like it's, Big, small, mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, so they're they're a really incredible group, and they do similar like events to like help you with photography, help you with like creating new products, any number of things like that. Um, and then I, I keep getting more and more local. Um, except I started in Sunnyside, so I guess I yeah. flipped it. Um, I'm also a member of Made in Queens, and so oh, Made in I Queens, didn't even know that existed. Yes. Okay. Um, they're an, an initiative that also, like, similarly tries to, like, help get makers together for different events, helps to give them, like, support when they could, you know, use it on, like, website development or any number of things like that. So there's a lot of, especially in New York City, there's a lot of different groups that are already formed to help businesses and entrepreneurs find the resources that they need, which is incredible because it's... <sighs> There's a lot that goes on with it. So to have s- different avenues to be able to say like, oh, how do I file, you know, my sales taxes again? Like, what what if I do this this way? How does that, like, there's like tons of resources to help make that actually like happen without, you know, breaking the law or doing, you know, things like that. So yeah, there's That's lots good. of, right, exactly. Things I try and avoid as a business owner, breaking the law. Um yeah always good exactly yeah so there's there's a lot of groups like that and anytime I'm at events like it's always more and more fun as you get to know people and get to know like what they're about and what like led them on their journey to start their business it's it's incredible so yeah it it's one of those that it does tend to happen pretty naturally you just find people at events and start talking that's I mean that's great that's like (laughs) How I feel like people as adults, I hear this a lot. They're I don't know how to make friends or I don't know what to do. I mean, they're right there. Sounds like a good yeah. way to make friends. Yeah. Keep going on in exactly. life with a community. I have met some really, really amazing friends over the past like two years just at markets and doing things like this that like they they just come out of the woodwork. It's amazing. And that's why it's not lonely exactly. doing your 3D printing business. Exactly. Because I'm constantly Doing things and talking to people. Yes. So how, this is totally unrelated in a way, but how do you balance your life? Like being in all these collectives and having not one, but two brands. How, like, what is your secret to having a life that... Admittedly, sometimes I think I do it pretty poorly. Like, <laughs> okay. and especially like... How like, do you have time for all these groups? Ramping up. <laughs> For the holidays and stuff, like, I, I've i always been someone that is bad at saying no. Um, oh, and I've had, been there. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, and I've had a couple of experiences lately where people have asked me to do things, and I've been like, I can't say no. I can't do it. It's too important. So it's, I, I am at that point where I'm, I'm, like, at that level where I say, okay, like, I've got a couple irons in the fire. If any of them come to fruition something else is going to drop. So I think that's where I try and find the most balance is making sure that um, I I don't overstress. Also, 
my body is really good at telling me. Like, I'm one of those people that will get sick or have, like, skin flare-ups or any number of things that my body just says, no, no, no. You're done. You're done. You're going to slow it down. So trying to listen to things like that and make sure that I'm, you know, keeping things in check. That's that's really my only secret. That's, but a, that's Especially okay. getting into the holidays. Like, I've already told a couple of friends, like, I might not see you until January, but... I will take January off for the most part, so let's do something then. Like, let's let's plan it for later. I mean, <laughs> I think that's great, and that's a lot of good planning on your part. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like a lot of people, especially in New York, go months without seeing friends anyway. Oh so my at gosh, least you yeah. have the planning, and you're able to just say, I'll see you in two months. Exactly. That's the hope, at least, that they'll understand and be like, no, no, no. We understand that she's a small business owner and really pushing hard to get things going right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as a small business owner, as Rebecca, as mm. whatever way you want to identify right now, I realize I have been so bad about this, but usually I'm supposed to end every episode with a hand-me-up or like a <gasps> word of advice, whatever that could be. And I have been so bad about asking people this for the last <laughs> few episodes. So if you're listening, I know. Don't write me an email. Um, <laughs> so I want to turn this back to you and ask yeah. if you have a hand-me-up, if you need a second to think about it. Absolutely. But just like what's your hand-me-up, your word of advice, your thing to pass on to people listening that maybe want to have a small business or do or want to get into 3D printing or don't know how yeah. to have sustainable products, whatever your hand-me-up is. Oh, my gosh. I honestly have multiple things I could say right oh. now. So. <laughs> I know, right? So in terms of 3D printing, it fails a lot. Like, just 3D printing fails. Like, it's not an easy thing, and it's not a for sure thing. So just don't give up. Try it again. And that's a good life lesson, even. Just keep going. If it fails, start over. It's cool. Um, And then in terms of, like, business, just put yourself out there. Like... I made the mantra for a while of every day I would do something to put myself out there. And sometimes it was little in that I made sure that like there were posts going out on Instagram and social media. Other days it's, well, no, I'm going to send out line sheets to a brand new store or, you know, contact somebody that I might have a way to collaborate with, but just always putting yourself out there. There's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. Just keep it all balanced. Keep going. Oh, that's great. I love that. And we are back with the hand-me-ups with a vengeance. <laughs> yes. All right. So where can people find you, find R plus D, find Higgala Ever After, yeah. all these brands, and what's coming up? I know it's going to be busy for you this yes. winter. So where can people find you? What's going on? So the easiest place to find me is on my website, um, R plus, spelt out, P-L-U-S, D, designs.com. So it's the double D that sometimes gets people like R plus D designs. Anyway, um, so most of my items are on my website, but then um, I'm you can see where I'll be on my website as well. I have a lot of markets coming up. Um, I do one in Brooklyn with Fad Market. Um, I also do the Bus Craftacular in December, and so that's Is um, that on a bus. No, bust. With oh, a bust. Yeah. <laughs> the bus craftacular. Like, yes. what? It's like a roving bus right? of crafts? Whoa. Oh, my um, gosh. And so that one, it's the longest running um, indie craft fair in New York City. 
Um, I actually used to go to it before I even had a business. So it's really exciting to be back at it and actually vending there. Um, and then there's lots of like, especially in Queens, little markets around that I do. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of different opportunities to, to find me places. Oh, great. Well, now I know. Uh, and once more website, r plus d designs.com. Correct. What's your social handle? Yet? So my Instagram is r period plus period d. There we go. Yes. So if you're not in New York City and you can't go to any of these cool things like a bust craftacular, <laughs> you can find her on her website or on her Instagram. And thank you so much for being here, Rebecca. Thank you. I have loved talking to you. This has been great. I've learned a lot about 3D printing. Hopefully other people have too. And this has been another episode of the Hand Me Up Club. And I will talk to you next week. The Hand Me Up Club is hosted by Lindsay Ruter. Recorded and engineered by Adam Zucker and edited by Caitlin Correa at CC Media. Thanks for listening.